This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hey, that's uh, not a win, although a very encouraging performance from a number of players. Most importantly, in the first half, I would say Norman Powell really providing significant offensive punch. Kyle Lowry throughout, and especially in the second half to manufacture basketball. Finishing with 19 assists, one off of the taking over the Raptors franchise record. I think 19 is the current franchise record. So he's now co-record holder with... I'd assume Jose Calderon, but I don't know if that's correct. So don't take my word for it. Do a quick Google search that I didn't do. <laughs> anyway, 132 to 125. The Celtics beat the Raptors. The Raptors significantly shorthanded in this one as they have been the past couple games. The COVID uh, restrictions and health and safety protocol has gutted this team of Pascal, McCaw, Flynn, OG, Fred, it's a lot of guys are missing and the coaching staff as well for the, I guess it would be the third game in a row. Crazy stuff. And the Raptors, they battled, man. You could not want more as far as effort is concerned. Talent, sure, in this game, the Celtics obviously had quite a bit more on court talent than the Raptors did. The Raptors pulling from a deep pool and just trying to get guys who can play minutes and see how Kyle Lowry can put them in positions to succeed. Chief among them, career high for Chris Boucher, 30 points, hit five three-pointers. The two-man game between he and Kyle Lowry I thought was particularly potent in the second half. And Robert Williams, you know, he's the guy playing most of the defensive minutes for the Celtics in this one. Tice only played seven minutes. And uh, Thompson, Williams, they were guarding that five spot. Boucher was finding a lot of room beyond the arc. And when he put the ball down, actually got to a couple dangerous positions. So offensively, overall, just a really impressive game from Boucher, as has been the case with any Terrence Davis game. If he's providing a big, if he's making a big difference, it's going to be on the offensive side of the floor. That happened in this game, 8 of 14 from the floor. The scoring pop was there. He did get injured, though, uh, towards the end of the game, and I didn't hear anything. I saw him holding his foot. Uh, There was claims, there were reports that it was his knee. I don't know which it is. I don't think that's been clarified yet, but 
it was his best game maybe of the season as far as bobbing and weaving within the framework of the Raptors offense and finding himself for layups in transition, 45 cuts to the basket or spot up triples and even a couple created dribbles off the off the bounce. So a uh, good offensive game for him. He is injured now, though, so I don't know what that means or what it means with All-Star weekend coming up or All-Star five days off coming up, whatever it ends up being. Stanley Johnson, the three-point shot came around. I think I, I tweeted this out, but he was shooting less than 30% over the last 14 games. He was 43%, I think, over the first 17 games of the Raptors season. He went four for seven tonight. And that is really speaking to how the Celtics played their defense. This is what they wanted from the Raptors. The Raptors hung around and stayed in it because, well, a very large reason was Kyle Lowry, his ability to keep creating advantages because the Celtics, their base defense, especially when everybody's healthy, is very, very good. It's hard to get downhill against them, especially with the Raptors cast of characters and the Celtics who aren't a great shot blocking or rim protecting team. The Raptors don't provide as much rim pressure as I would say 80% of the league. So that's less of a worry for the Celtics. But in this one, the Raptors, for the work that they put in, Powell, Stanley, Boucher, four triples for the former two, five for the latter, really helping buoy the Raptors offense. And Kyle Lowry, just being able to get guys lanes to the bucket when he's going in to kind of carve out room in there when the help defense comes over, 45 cut or baseline cut to the basket helps a lot as did his pushing and transition. Those hit-ahead passes, be it to Terrence Davis the one time or whoever is out running in transition, that helps a lot to boot the offense. And the defense, it's still, it's just a very tough thing to guard the Celtics team when it comes to the Raptors because Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, at the point of attack, are typically too much to deal with for anybody in single coverage, even OG Ananobi, just because of the screen help that is typically typically given by Tice or Williams or this year Tristan Thompson can't really stick them so they overload and in past games and in this game as well the Celtics have a lot of three-point shooting surrounding those guys that doesn't really perform well against a lot of other teams but the Raptors overload to such a degree that these guys are shooting a lot more open shots and shots that are you know I would say significantly more open than what they're used to and so guys like Grant Williams or Peyton Pritchard, Jeff Teague, it's semi-Ogelay in past games, right? These guys are getting wide open corner triples. Tatum gets into the lane. The Raptors, they pinch in. He makes the requisite passes. And that's that's kind of how they operate. And then they, the Celtics love running their staggered screen action. They run it for every single one of their ball handlers at least a few times a game. It's Kemba Walker's best play. And Kemba had quite a few of those in this one. It wasn't his best game or anything like that, but he provided a little bit of offensive punch for the Celtics as well. And all that with the Raptors not having Siakam, Fred, or OG Ananobi, all of whom can probably lay claim to an all-NBA defense spot. And that's the thing, right? There's 20 to 25 guys every year that can say, I was one of the best 10 defenders because defense is really hard to measure via metric, via eye test, because it's an offensive league. It's really hard to suss out because everybody makes mistakes and nobody pays such close attention that they can say between these 20, who is the best? You need to lean on some statistics, but some guy's impact is missed by statistics. So that's why I say any of the three could lay claim to it. And I I wouldn't argue with them. I'd say, yeah, you're probably around there. 
But most importantly, they didn't play in this game against a team that typically is able to score against the Raptors. You're missing probably your three best defenders. That's, man, that's a tough pill to swallow. And they didn't have the core coverage or the point of attack defense to navigate what the Celtics were throwing at them. That was obvious. That's as good as Norman Powell is offensively. He's going to get boogied on by Jeff Teague in space, even though Jeff Teague isn't extremely dangerous. And Grant Williams is going to find room floating off of the attention that Brown and Tatum get in particular. Tristan Thompson, offensively, I thought he had a really good game finding soft spots and scoring over Baines or over Boucher, whoever was in at that point in time. And they just they got to the places that they wanted to. They hit the requisite amount of shots and the Raptors didn't have the defensive firepower to keep up. Now, if you get this type of Norm and Kyle performance and Boucher performance and Davis performance with a fully healthy roster, this game probably would have been much more low scoring, I think. And it it would have slowed down a little bit. And it probably would have been a classic regular season game if everybody had been healthy. So that's that's disappointing not to get it. But the Raptors, they were so shorthanded. And Jason Tatum was in his bag down the stretch and just making incredible shots because... The Raptors' defense did a really good job early on in the first half of getting the ball out of Jason Tatum's hands. And Jalen Brown, it wasn't that they were getting it out of his hands. It was just that he wasn't very effective with the ball in his hands either. And so there's there's obviously a super big creation bent to Jalen Brown's game. I love it against the Raptors in this one, it wasn't huge. It looks similar to the second round series of last year where he was more dependent on attacking off of Tatum's attention, I think. And it felt a little bit closer to that. And the Celtics, for their part, I thought, did a very good job of passing the ball around in the early half of the game. The Raptors were getting good stops, I think, and they were doing a good job of pressuring the ball. So Tatum They're pressuring the ball before Tatum could get into any of the danger zones. So the ball was leaving his hands and the Raptors had to catch up, yes, via rotation, but it wasn't a severe rotation and there's a guy streaking to the rim already. It's a guy collecting and sees the Raptors catching up at the back end. It's not even on the side of the court that he's currently on. So for all intents and purposes, you're still attacking a set defense. The Raptors were doing a really good job of that type of defense. That fell apart as the game progressed, and the Celtics basically dribble drive, spot up. They got to the the spots on the floor that they wanted to, and the Raptors had no choice but to try and make things work offensively because, you know, 132-125 is not a going endorsement of either defense, and it, it really shouldn't be. But at least the Raptors can say they didn't have X, Y, and Z playing defense. OG, Fred, Pascal, for example. And the Celtics, I guess they don't have Smart either. And that's, you know, Smart is awesome. So don't get me wrong. I really like Marcus Smart. And uh, there's a lot of Kyle Lowry in him, I would say. The third quarter, which has played the Raptors this season, I think that is the quarter where this game was lost. There was just, the Celtics seemed to find the rhythm to attack the Raptors defense with. And the Raptors, a little bit over-reliant on guys like Bembry, for example, to try and create off the dribble. And too often, Stanley Johnson has a live dribble above the break, and he's just trying to find a guy to hand it off to because he doesn't want to try and take anybody off the bounce and wasted seconds on the shot clock. Less of a good offensive process. They're just not getting the ball to comfortable spots for guys to start operating in. They did get over that, and 
basically by just spamming Kyle Lowry actions and hoping for him to create something. And he did. He created a ton of things. The 19 assists is nothing to scoff at. It's super big. And the hot start Norm Powell had faded away to some extent. But Lowry mixing it up, getting into the middle of the Celtics defense, using his guile and craft to create for others and for himself at times, I thought that was great. It lifted the Raptors up towards the end. And that's the thing, though. The third quarter... They tried to look at guys who could produce anything without Fred, OG, or Pascal, and they still had that huge third quarter drought. And that's that's something that's been bothering them all year. It definitely happened in this one. The Celtics went from, I mean, they were down four at halftime and then up nine by the end of the third quarter. And that even includes a little bit of a run that the Raptors made towards the end. And Boucher, you know, he took on a lot of minutes in this one, 34. Lowry played 40. The Raptors went for it in this one. They found what they thought was working, and it was working to a certain degree, and they tried to stage their comeback, and it just it came up short. Tatum is a really tough guy to stop, It's especially because he was making the right passes a lot of the time. So his teammates are more dangerous because they're getting the ball on time, on target, and the Raptors are trying to, with kind of a makeshift defense, keep up with how they track the ball and their rotations at the back end didn't go that well very often. And when it did, you know, the Raptors, they could be bit in the butt by an offensive rebound or a tip out, or most often down the stretch, Jason Tatum getting the ball back with, you know, eight seconds left on the clock. If a guy couldn't attack a a switch or a closeout or something like that, and Tatum would just take the ball in, couple dribbles, get to a spot, fade away, hit a jumper. And credit to Stanley Johnson because he had a lot of really nice defensive possessions against him that ended in made shots for Tatum. And that's, hey, that's life sometimes. Tatum, that is why he's been projected as a future MVP candidate. A projection that I agree with is because he absorbs a lot of gravity and attention. He's getting better at passing out of it. And if he needs to bring out the the cape, He's he'll bring out the cape. He can make shots like that. He can get to a spot and he can bail out a, an offense. Even even if a defense is keyed in and playing well, he can do that kind of stuff. And he's and defensively too, Tatum playing at the nail. His coverage defense is really really impressive, and he he just impressed me a lot tonight because the Raptors threw a lot of different defensive looks. And while the Raptors weren't great on defense, it's a credit to Tatum to be figuring out on the fly what he's looking at because he doesn't have the bird's eye view. He has court level view and it's, it's a little bit tougher to discern what teams are throwing at you with that. Just the, the depth of the defense at certain levels and he made great reads and he was largely the reason that the Celtics were able to win the game tonight. And the Raptors, despite some great performances, Boucher, Lowry, man, they, they really tried hard and I think they deserve a lot of credit, but they come up short 132 to 125. Reggie Evans' award goes to Chris Boucher. Motion on defense, how many actions he was involved in on offense. The work ethic was palpable. He he put in a lot of work. He was gassed down the stretch, those extended minutes. You feel them a lot when you're on the court and you're trying to make a run back into the thing. And he, he gave it his all. I thought he was, he had a commendable performance. And I have no problem whatsoever giving him the Reggie Evans award. And I think, I think he deserved it, but we're going to head over to the quick reaction comments, see which was the most popular at the time of reading. 
And the top quick reaction is from Hawthorne Tims, quote, 40 free throws for Celtics, 17 free throws for Raps. Need we say any more, end quote. Okay, so this is a little bit more extreme than you would think. The Raptors were playing the free throw game at the end of the game. And so I think that this disparity, personally, I would remove probably six free throw attempts from it because the Raptors were intentionally sending Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to the line. And they they shot poorly from there, which is kind of funny. But I do agree that there were some highlight questionable calls that went against the Raptors, be it Kemba Walker sliding on a charge against Norman Powell or Kyle Lowry trying to get a charge himself on the other end. There were missed calls. And I think the majority of missed calls in this game in particular did go against the Raptors. I do think, though, that the <laughs> the team that wins... Like the Raptors fan base, after every loss, I will see complaints about free throws. And the game they played against the Pistons that they lost, the Raptors had were doubling the Pistons in free throws for most of the game. It ended up being, I think, a disparity of nine at the end of the game. And nobody cares when the Raptors win. But I don't think there is a I don't think there's a a conspiracy to make the Raptors lose games or the Celtics win games or anything like that. But I do think the Raptors were on the the tough end of calls in this game. And some, what would the term be? Signature calls were missed that went against the Raptors. But I will never buy into the grand conspiracy stuff that the Raptors are meant to be boned by the refs. And the Raptors have a very generous call a lot of times, and they've been one of the most winningest teams over the past however many years. They've been winning games. I mean, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry lived at the free throw line for a certain amount of time. They've, they've gotten free throws. I think I don't think there's anything up against the Raptors. I, I will never, ever subscribe to this idea. Although, with this game, if you want to bring up certain calls that were made, I think that's fair because calls were missed and against the Raptors. But if anybody's going to try and make it into a conspiracy thing, I, that's a non-starter for me. I just think the Raptors just won a chip in 2000, the 2019 season. They are not... <laughs> I, they're not being screwed by the NBA. I just hate that because nobody cares about that when the Raptors are up in free throw attempts. It's literally only, it's part and parcel of a fan base that responds to their team losing a game. Is immediately, they're like, what did the refs do to screw us over? I, The Raptors were shorthanded. They were dominated for most of this game by the Celtics and they had a crazy flurry of triples to get them back into it at the end. And they had a flurry of triples in the first quarter to get them out to a good start. But a lot of the possessions in this game leaned more effective and more dangerous for the Celtics. The Raptors maybe should have had more free throws, a couple charge calls that went the wrong way, but I I'll never subscribe to the free throw conversation, but with signature plays in this one, I agree with you. If that's all it's about, a couple charges that went the wrong way. But pointing at free throw numbers, I think, is just never, ever indicative of anything. And I I refuse to look at the game through that lens because I feel like it would just ruin everything. What What kind of fun would it be to cheer for a team if you just think the refs are out to get you? Like, this isn't wrestling. There isn't a foil. There isn't like a, what is it, a heel you can, I guess you can create one if you want. And I don't know. It's just not for me. I think it's the most boring conversation you could have because if you look at any other fan base, and I do, Twitter, 
watching with other people who like other teams, you will see that it is not unique to the Toronto Raptors fan base that the fans think they're being screwed by the refs. Every single fan base thinks this. So I just, I hate pointing at free throw numbers. Signature plays, sure. I think the Raptors were on the bad end of call, but I don't like this conversation. I think there's so many more interesting things to talk about on a basketball court that's happening. The beauty of Tatum's fall away, the, the wondrous creativity of Kyle Lowry's playmaking or the, the sets that the Raptors run and the Celtics, their ability to sit on the hammer play that the Raptors were looking for down the stretch and how that was clever defense or how the Raptors at times responded well to the staggered screen action that the Celtics run. And that's a credit to the players for recognizing stuff on the fly and a credit to whoever's doing film and the coaching staff. I, that seems like basketball. I don't like, I don't care about the refs. And I know this is an unpopular thing and you probably hate me listening to this and think I'm an ass and that's fine. I don't think you're an ass. I hope you know. I just, I I don't like the free throw conversation. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was worth your time. (laughs) Thanks for sticking with me and whether you got into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.